Hallo, mein Name ist Maria, ich komme aus Russland. Jetzt wohne ich in Deutschland und seit zwei Jahren lerne ich die deutsche Sprache. Und ich spreche es jetzt auch momentan. Ich höre sehr gerne The Fluent Show Podcast. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, Fluent fam. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I love languages all of the time. And I'm here to share that love with you. So this podcast is where we talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. This week, I'm continuing the Fluent Show's little business series with a solo episode about online language teaching. I've got a listener question for you. I've got a few points about teaching, but if you are a language learner and you are reaching for the button that deletes this podcast right now, bear with me. Listen in, because I've got a few reasons why even you can benefit from hearing about language teaching. Last week, you already heard a little bit about how Lindsay and I got started, what we value in our businesses, and our fairly honest, brutally honest views about both the sacrifices and the rewards of doing this work. So you already know we, we're so happy with it and we love it. And if you are curious about any aspect of um, running a, your business, here as an online language teacher in 2019... Whew. then go back and listen to last week's episode two. That's episode 139. You'll find it at fluent.show slash 139. And this one's at fluent.show slash 140, where you'll find all the show notes. And there is a blog article as well accompanying last week's episode, where I have listed the 13 most essential tools that Lindsay and I use and we think you probably need if you want to get started in 2019. So don't miss out on that. I've put it in the show notes for you as well. Or you can find it at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash blog. Ooh. So in today's episode, effective teaching. Here's my word for the only learners. Or if you're still listening, thank you so much. I appreciate your time every single time. And the reason I wanted you to, to try and continue, you know, bear with us for, for a second, is that even learners who I've met who don't consider themselves teachers as such, who don't work getting paid for one-to-one -one lessons on Skype, who don't work in schools, who don't write curricula or whatever, doesn't matter because we as humans are all teachers. If you're in a workplace, if you're in a, in a business environment, you've got to learn sales, whatever it is, you have probably found yourself in a situation where teaching somebody else something is was important to you and it was part of Yeah, persuasion, you could say. It was part of helping them see your point. It was part of, you know, in a way it's part of making the world a better place. We humans have to teach each other things. So how does this all help you learn languages? The way I want you to think about this as teaching is number one, teaching and thinking and learning just a little bit perhaps about online language teaching in particular will help you understand a few of the best ways to get more out of the teaching that you consume. So you get more out of your online language tutor if you understand a little bit more about where they're coming from perhaps. 
And then point P really is that teaching is the best way to learn something. And I'm always reminded of what we hear about medicine, medical training, where they say, uh, train one, do one, teach one. So you train, or you learn how to do something, let's say. You learn how to do something in your target language. Perhaps you're learning how to tell somebody, Oi, shut up! Okay, <laughs> not me. So you've learned that. The next step to apply that, to really go deep into learning how to you know, remembering it forever, is to do it. You've learned how to do it, now it's time to do it. The best way beyond that to master it, to go one further, we get so many questions about mastering a language. What what do you do at the high levels? You share your knowledge, you show somebody else how to do it, you see them do it and you see the effect it has on them. And perhaps you adjust a little bit and perhaps you learn a little bit about it. I remember I used to tutor French. That was my little part-time job, sort of after-school homework help kind of tutoring for younger kids when I was about 15, 16 year old. And I was learning French, explaining the French grammar to somebody, explaining like the difference between the passé composé and the, the passé simple and the whatever. And I looked at all these tenses and that's when suddenly my mind went, oh, that's like German. That's like my, my native language. I know exactly how this works. I know exactly what it is. Without me having engaged again with all this material at that lower student's level, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone anywhere as far. I would have missed out on a huge piece of language learning. So if you are a learner listening to this, do consider teaching. You don't have to make it your full profession, but look around you and see if you can spread the love of language. Now, if you've been missing something so far, usually listening attentively, you may have noticed that I hadn't mentioned our sponsor yet. But that doesn't mean because that's not because we don't have a sponsor for this episode. It's because there's such a good match. And I wanted to make this point about teaching to you first. If you are looking for an online tutor or perhaps you've been inspired and you want to just, you know, do a community Skype explanation. Perhaps you're ready for a language exchange and you're teaching something about your native language why not check out our sponsor, which is italki. Italki is an online platform where language learners and online teachers connect. They make these connections. You can find, oh my God, teachers of so many languages in their directory and then connect with a human teacher, which will help you make so much more progress and you will learn through one-to-one lessons. And they're highly, highly effective. You don't have to travel anywhere because they're delivered online. You book them online. There's a whole booking system where you can see when your teacher is free. Not a lot of faffing around. I really like it. And the other thing about these online one-to-one lessons, when you compare them to something like Rosetta Stone or even the Whisperit Good Institute, they tend to be cheaper. You tend to get more content and more FaceTime for less money. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? You want that, right? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki and find your own authentic, real, cultural online tutor. And if you haven't ever checked out italki before, I've got a little voucher for you just to get you started. You don't have to even invest a lot of money. You just sign up and you'll get $10 towards your first lesson. And $10... For, for me, for example, that would cover a whole Chinese lesson. What? 
that? Yes, it's true. So check it out, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. And thank you so much to italki for sponsoring The Fluent Show. As I announced earlier, I want to talk to you today about effective language teaching. And then I've got a, a business-related language teacher question as well. So I've got three fundamentals that I want to share with you that I believe have made me a better language teacher. I already mentioned that I used to tutor when I was a teenager, but that was a little bit different. I was just explaining stuff and helping students with their homework. I didn't have the full learning weight and responsibility on my shoulders. But you do have that if you are an online language teacher and you are perhaps the student's main interface with learning languages. And often when I've taught, it's been like that. So these are really three lessons that I have learned over time. I've taught groups, I've taught CEOs and students, and I've taught people face-to-face, you know, on the couch, and I've taught people in my house, and I've taught people in classrooms, and I've taught people online, and once I taught from a pub. So (laughs) it's an awful lot um, of experience and different experiences, and these are really three things that I think have, have, they're my thread through. They're really, really good tips for you if you're an online language teacher. Tip number one, let your student do their student thing. Allow them to know their own answers, to ask more questions and to make an awful lot of mistakes. You don't have to correct every single mistake that a student makes because often students will find it disheartening and to be honest it often breaks up the flow of your lesson. So when we are teachers and we are trained to or we think okay right teaching means just making somebody do things perfectly or correctly and giving them as much information as possible that's this in a way disrespecting how your students how your students brain works and um, how and and the student psychology in there. So as a as a learner What you want from your online teacher is often information, yes, but also practice and encouragement. You want that safe space to make the mistakes and you want to, you actually know what you want as the learner. So when you, when your student comes to you as an online teacher, let them do their thing and have a good conversation with them right at the start where you get a sense of what they want to do. And they might say, oh, I just want to practice. I just want to chat. And then three lessons in, you realize, well, if, if chat is all you're going to do, then they're never going to get anywhere. So that's when you start kind of coming in and you observe them. But really, the first few lessons with an online teacher, and this is why I'm fond of, of really long-term um, online teaching partnerships, the first few lessons are just about getting to know that particular student and their, their style. Online tutoring has this huge advantage where we work with students as individuals, and we can really take advantage of that. So let them do their thing. You know, you do you. They do they. They do them. (laughs) But whatever it is, that's my tip number one. Tip number two, perhaps this is because I'm a German teacher, put effort into learning how to explain the grammar in a way that makes sense to them. And that doesn't necessarily mean just taking out you know, words that you think are complicated. Just basically don't second guess your student because you'll see if something makes sense to them. And you sometimes they don't need to know exactly why and, oh, this is how objects work and this is, you know, this is a subordinate clause because of that and here are 700, you know, like here's the history of language. Sometimes they don't need to. Sometimes they just need to know something like, um, for example, that we do in German, your adverbs always come in the order time, manner, place. 
That's simple enough. That's simple enough. And sometimes you just have a student who just wants to know, how do I use this thing? And that's all. So put some effort into learning how to, number one, see where they are coming from. So if they're an English native speaker they, and you're teaching them French, or if you're an English teacher listening right now and you work with a lot of students who are who, who come whose native languages, are, let's say, are Romance languages, put some effort into understanding and, and looking out for them making the same mistakes again and again and again. And then see if you can kind of pinpoint that in their native language and see where where you can come in and say to them, oh, this is how you do it in Italian, right? Or, or you say to them, tell me how you do it in Italian and then compare and, and help them see how everything you're teaching relates to the world that they already live in. And that really helps. That really helps. So once I understood what English does, I became better at explaining German grammar. Point number three, and this is my last tip for you as an effective teacher for effective teaching, is make your tech and make your whole setup a non-question. So what I mean by that is that your student and you, to be honest, shouldn't have to worry with every single new student about this sort of onboarding process. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to get halfway through the third lesson and then you still have the same problems with Skype that you had in the first lesson. You shouldn't have to um, worry about, you know, like, how do I tell them how to cancel? And, oh, how does this work again? And, oh, I don't know. Well, they've asked about a package. Da, da, da. Just sort all this out beforehand. With italki, if you are a teacher working on italki, you've got a lot of prompts and they really help you set up your set your shingle, your shop, your business in a way that makes sense. So there's certain things in italki that just that just work. They've got this conflict resolution issue. They've got this, if, if somebody doesn't turn up to a lesson, the system will prompt them. But if you're an independent online teacher, all the teachers, independent. If you're doing that, then I've got some tips for you. Do the same thing. And I hope you appreciate the singing. <laughs> so get yourself a booking system. Just think about how you're going to get students from, from A to B, when you're going to tell them about your contract, whether you offer a free lesson at the start. I'm actually quite a fan of, I wouldn't call it the free lesson at the start necessarily, but I'm a fan of getting together with a student just at the start, 15 minutes. I do it now with my with my language co coaching every single time. I just want to chat to the person for 10-15 minutes, get a sense of the chemistry, you know, do we get on with each other? And I want to make sure they know the tech. Because sometimes you'll have a student who just doesn't do Skype, doesn't like Skype, doesn't do Google Hangouts, doesn't do Zoom, really wants to do FaceTime, whatever technology it is. You need to know, A, your boundaries. Am I going to install an extra app for you? Am I going to answer the phone at three in the morning? Am I going to answer emails within two hours or, you know, do they have to wait because they're only paying you that much or that's an extra service or whatever? Um, or are you going to go all out? Are you going to, you know, go the, go the extra mile? And you kind of want to write all those things down and just be clear about them. And this doesn't mean strictly sticking to the rules forever. Instead, it just means having some baselines so that you've set expectations because that way, both as a student and as a teacher, you know what you're getting and you know when somebody's going above and beyond and you can appreciate it. So that's my tip number three. On all of this setup, 
So um, just to recap the three fundamentals here. Number one, let your student do their thing. Give them some space to be themselves. Be supportive, not instructive. Tip number two, put effort into explaining the grammar and perhaps weird phrasings in your language in a way that makes sense to them. So always check, is, does that seem like it's actually making sense to them? Doesn't matter if it makes sense to you, it has to make sense to them. Number three, make the tech and all of your setup a, a non-question. Just know what's happening, bish bosh bosh, It'll, you'll thank me later. In today's show, I also have a second part, which is a question from a listener. And this listener question relates to online business or just general business. And I think actually relates to life. So this question is from Chanel. Hey, Chanel. And I want to just talk, say a few words about it. And the question is, how do I go about approaching someone about my project in order to get them to come on board with me? Think about that for a second. I hope you realize this, this applies to, to all of us. And, and often with, with languages, because you may want a language learning buddy, you may want an exchange partner, you may want an accountability partner, or you might want to start something really cool. Lindsay contacted me, said, do you, I want to do this sort of, I want to do a special day celebrating all the, all the female excellent language people that we know and that became women in language you know we brought Shannon on board and they're still they're still having me and that that created women in language a conference that welcomed 500 people online this this year and it's just one of my favorite parts of the whole year so collaborations no matter where you are in your life they're awesome so you should you should you know reach for them I love collaborating that's why I'm so excited to answer this question for us as one-person enterprises, it's often so beneficial to collaborate. It comes to creating successful projects, online courses, books, lessons. So look around you and you will see dozens of collaboration examples. I've got a few here for you. For example, languagelovers.au, shout out to Penny and Beck down under in Melbourne. And they've recently started the Language Chats podcast. And I have to say, you know having a co-host on a podcast, having somebody who comes on board with you, chats to you on a regular basis is great. Collaborating on this is wonderful. So languagelovers.au, they organize various language events. They host a whole podcast. They've got big plans and just wonderful, wonderful to see that down under and back up, up over, I guess, we what the, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, there's a recent podcast that I've worked with called Con Parole Nostre. So if you're an Italian learner, check it out. It's in the show notes for you. And that is by Elfin, Sylvia and Barbara. They're in three different locations and they are podcasting together and bringing you simple Italian conversations that you can listen to. And they're really interesting. My Italian is good enough to get the gist, good enough to know what they're talking about and to understand them. Couldn't possibly do this. So it's such a nice listening practice. And I would recommend it. And I've already mentioned women in language, which is one of the biggest collaborations I do. But if you look closely at fluent language, my business, you'll see I, I really love to collaborate. Uh, for example, German Uncovered was a, a joint project between Ollie Richards and me. And that is my big, big German course that you can take now. I think without impulses from Ollie, this project would look very different. And I don't think it would be as good. And I know that without me, he wouldn't have 
he wouldn't have an awesome German course. <laughs> so so it's just it's just brilliant. It's more social um, and it compensates for your weaknesses as well. And finally, this is a good time for me to mention that a big collaboration project is just opening its doors for online teachers, and that is brought to you by Lindsay Williams and me. The first time we are working together in this space, we've put together a series of online masterclasses. And when I say we've put together, these are all going to be delivered live, so we haven't pre-recorded them. You'll be joining us live as we deliver these 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 masterclasses. We're designing them all to be under 60 minutes. We're giving you once a month from July to December. It's called Teach and Thrive, and you can join us now and there will be so much amazing stuff in there. So just check out the page. There's just so much information about it. Uh, this is really, really wonderful. Right. That was me singing the praises of collaborations. And don't forget, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash teach-thrive. That is in the show notes. It's opening its doors on Saturday. We've got a discount over the opening weekend. It closes its doors on the 7th of July. Join, join, join. It's going to be so much, so much amazing. So much amazing. <laughs> it's going to be great. Join, join, join. It's going to be great. I'll leave this in. So, coming on to Chanel's particular question, how do I go about approaching someone for my project? I've got five tips for you, Chanel. So I'm going to run through these today. Tip number one, when you're approaching someone for a collaboration, and language learners who are still listening, high five. You are true fluent farmer. I love you. Think of Think of, say, approaching somebody for an exchange. I, I really think a lot of these is, are useful. Number one. The most important thing you need for a successful relationship, I honestly believe this in, in business and in my experience has shown me this again and again, is trust. So my tip is to start every business partnership, every business friendship, start it slowly. You've got to build that trust. Make sure you give as much as you want to get, right? You wouldn't expect a stranger to commit to spending every night of the next month going for dinner with you, perhaps buying you a few, da, da, da. Like, they just, they don't even know if they like you yet. They don't even know if you're cool. You've got to show them that you're cool. You've got to take your time. Don't expect them to give everything the first time that they meet. You need time. And that the reason you need the time is because you want to build trust. Observe them a little bit. Do little one-off projects. See how you get on. And once you get a feeling that you've got chemistry and you actually get on, then talk about the partnership that you're going to create. Tip number two, when you're working together with somebody, especially on a business project, you've got to share a common vision. The result has to be in your head, pretty much the same way, uh, because you're working on it together. And you have to know that you are equal partners. And something that is so crucial for this is good communication. You've got to talk about what you're actually creating. I've had I've had projects in the past where the communi- communication breakdown has led to incredible misunderstandings that you'd never think would happen. I've organized events with somebody who who didn't think that they were going to be there on the day. They didn't think they had to come. To what? But it's because I took it for granted that when you're organizing something, you, you turn up. And, and they didn't. They just saw themselves as sort of behind-the-scenes person. And this, these kinds of mistakes, really, you want to make them once, and then you don't want to make them anymore because they suck. So the important, important thing here is communication and talking about everything that seems obvious in your head. 
you've got to share this common vision. And, and the other part of this is that you have to be equal partners. So sometimes they get to decide, not you. If you want your vision to lead, if you want them to be on board, making it happen the way that you envisage it, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's work for hire. That's paying somebody usually. It's also really, really awesome because that way you can bring something that you really care about into the world and you don't have to share and compromise. So sometimes that's the way to go. But it is different. It is different. So just be aware that there are there are different ways of doing it. And when you're collaborating with somebody on a joint project, I would say you're equal partners. Number three, you've got to be honest with each other, even if sometimes that means saying no. Even if sometimes they're really excited about something, you just don't want to do it. You just don't fancy it. You haven't got the time. You find it exhausting. On the one hand, you can you can trust them to help you make it happen if you really can. But if you if you my my learning from having done collaborations is if your gut says no, then you gotta say no. You have to learn nice ways and and kind ways of saying no. That's not easy. Tip number four, talking about the money, that's not an afterthought. People care about money. People care about the money, right? And people should be compensated if they put the work in. So if you are planning, you know, it's not always the case that, that there will be money involved. But if you're asking somebody to commit an awful lot of their time, if you're asking somebody to bring their expertise, to bring your, your project to life, if there is no pay, if you're going to offer it for free to people, that doesn't make it lesser at all. But it probably is worth just mentioning it to that person beforehand because you want them to be as excited about it as, as you are. So talking about the money, I don't mean necessarily telling everybody, you know, how much money they're going to make and how we're all going to get rich. The important thing of, of that conversation is to, to have it, to have it at a relatively early point. And then to follow through with what you're saying. And if you're going to do something for free and you're going to ask somebody to do something for free, it's absolutely fine. But then don't get grumpy if they ask if they're going to get paid because they are committing their, their time. They're doing you a favor and that, that wants to be appreciated. So volunteers are very, very welcome, but they have to know that they are volunteers. And finally, my tip number five, my top tip, except for trust and common vision and honesty and talking about the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, my final top tip is just do what you say you're going to do. If you meet up with them and you say, okay, I'll I'll write I'll write some tweets to promote what we're doing, write those tweets. If you say, oh, I'm going to contact the morning news because I want to get on TV to spread a word about this, cool, yeah, just do it. If you've committed to an action point from some meeting that you guys have, do it. And this has served me well and tripped me up for dozens of years. <laughs> so this is a, a big recommendation. And to be honest, I wouldn't work with anybody if I feel like that's where they let me down. I really want to know when I'm collaborating with people now that I can rely on that person. So those are my tips for effective collaborations. Let me remind you once again about Teach and Thrive. This is my big recommendation for you. It's opening this week. I'm massively excited. We're celebrating it. And that's why we've done this little business series where last week you got some really cool conversations with Lindsay. And I hope you've also listened to our bonus chat about making and creating products. And this week there's also 
another chat about what was it about marketing and how we go about marketing and what matters and that is over on the teach languages online podcast so wherever you you look hopefully this week you will find something useful from us for you as a language teacher online business owner the teach and thrive workshop which is what this is all about what is it it's this It's a series of six monthly masterclasses about creating and selling products, reaching an audience through marketing, and of course, staying sane in this crazy world, online world, while becoming more successful. Yay! You can join from Friday to the 7th of July, so through from 28th of June to the 7th of July. You're so, so invited. It is... You can spread the cost. I believe we've got a monthly payment option if you want, or you can just kind of say, you know, I'm committed. I'm in. I'm down with this. Join us. There's some really, really cool stuff happening. I'm doing a very special Trello secret training. Trello is like my tool of tool of life. <laughs> so no matter no matter where you're at in your business, this is going to be interesting if you've looked at Lindsay does languages if you've looked at fluent language and if it's given you ideas or if you look at any other online language teaching any language blogger etc if you're looking at those people and you're thinking I, I want to do that I could do that um, I don't know how to do it then teach and thrive is for you online teacher we've got you I love you guys thank you so so much for doing what you do and to all of my learners if you're still listening double high five Fluent fam, you're awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Check out Teach and Thrive. It's only open for a very, very short period of time. Everything is in the show notes. You'll find them at fluent.show slash 140. I've had an absolute blast doing this. I would love to hear your feedback. Tell me, is this, is this interesting for you? Did you find this boring? Did you Do you want to hear more tips for online teaching? Do you want to hear more like this? I would love to create more of this type of, people call it content, this type of content for you if you want to hear it, but I've got to know that you're even interested or if you just want to hear about the language teaching side, that is absolutely fine. So your feedback is more than welcome. There's a Facebook group called Fluent Language Learners where we're always having these types of conversations. You can join that community. You can find me on Twitter at The Fluent Show. You can find me on Instagram at Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. And of course, you can simply go to the podcasts app or on Spotify and leave me a rating and leave me a review. And if it's lots of five stars, then I know I'm doing something right. And everybody else who looks at the Fluent Show and is sort of considering it knows we're doing something right and they join us too. That's it from me. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Adios. Bye.